Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 63 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I am Sarah. I'm Rob. How we doing, Rob? I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out right now. Yeah, we're uh, we're, we're just uh, sorting through some technical difficulties. We uh, ended up having to reset some passwords and whatnot. I forgot to update my tablet, and now we are trying to get the show sheet pulled up on my tablet so that I know what we're talking about today. <laughs> yes, and I just did for you. So oh, it's awesome. Up Thank right you now. so, so, so much. Yes, I can all be right. an engineer too. We are all on the same page. Finally. So, hello there, all you listening to us live on MixLR.com slash Storyteller-Conclave. Uh, thank you so much for being with us, and uh, if you're listening to the podcast uh, afterwards recording, uh, thank you as well. Uh, yeah. Thank you for, for seeking us out. Yeah, we hope you join us on Discord. We seriously do. Whether you do it live or not is not so much important, but so much that we'd like you to be part of the conversation. So Absolutely. So we got a, we, we had a bit of a heavy conversation uh, last, uh, last week. We did. Uh, going over the intricacies of the White Wolf, World of Darkness yeah. uh, setting and such like we that. We packed a lot into that discussion. We actually went like, over time to kind of answer a lot of the really great questions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of had a bit of a lighter, lighter conversation this week, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. I, I think I'm ready for it. Um, and we, we, we still have questions. <laughs> which is wonderful um so this week we're talking about endings yeah um wrap-ups uh closing things um and because i mean we talk a lot about about starting campaigns yeah and you know how to begin them and whatnot but you know and ending is kind of a i wouldn't say it's a delicate thing like it doesn't really necessarily take a lot of finesse but there is there is a knack to it you know there, there's some definite tips where you don't just like you know, after, you know, you finish up a combat, just go, okay, well, that that's it. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, and walk away from the table. There's there's a few things you got to kind of take into consideration. And, and wrapping a story up uh, with a neat little bow at the end to make it feel like a contained session, like a contained episode, or like at the end of a campaign, like a contained story, takes a little bit of, uh, little bit of work. Yeah. So, and I, I think we can, we, we have to kind of, break down a few things here at least for me um because when i first looked into this uh, and i was talking with you about it as a show idea i was originally thinking something more along the realm of just talking about how to wrap up a campaign like how to find a good closing mm-hmm. how to make it worthwhile and then i kind of stepped back from them like okay well not only how do you end a campaign but like Maybe it's a series. Maybe it's just episodes. Maybe sure. you're maybe you're doing one dungeon crawl after another. Maybe you're, so. There's not really a cohesive plot. Like, how do you know when it's over? And then worse yet, how do you end something that just needs to end? Yeah. Like you you, you get that feeling of like we need to move on to something or oh there's this new game or hey someone's got this idea to run a story like I think in most cases like at least for me. Mm-hmm. I think I've been involved in two games that have actually closed. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, legitimately came to a close. Uh, let's see here. I ended one of them. Actually, actually got to, like, the end of the plot and right. wrapped it. Um, right. See? Yeah, and, it's hard. Like, I think I was there for, like, like, I was there for the end of a couple of your plots. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I was there for the beginning of them. So I can't even no. say that I went for, like, the entire. Well, of the not to say they go, but, but it, it came but, to an end. But yeah, I was, I was there for, I think, I think two of yours. Right, right. Your, uh, your Children of Heroes mm-hmm. uh, game for the, for the first chapter of it, yep, at least. Yep. Uh, the second chapter is still ongoing. Yep. Um, and the first chapter of your D&D game. Yep. So. Yeah. So I, and I chaptered mine for that reason mm-hmm. and left them with a close. Mm-hmm. Um, but also with the idea that there was more to come. Um, and I don't think I did a great job of either of those closings because I'm the worst critic of myself, as, as most of us are. Um, and looking further into this discussion topic, because I do it all the time. So, like, when we, just to give you guys a flavor, this isn't just us remembering our lives and bringing these things forward. I do a ridiculous <laughs> amount of research uh, in in the form of, like, high compression. I'll pull notes together for months on little things. And then, like, two days before we actually sit down to do the show write-up, I'll compress all that into, like, you know, five hours of hard learning uh, to try and refresh myself on all those things. And I come out with a lot of stuff, but a lot of times I come back with, like, oh, my Lord, I've just scratched the surface. Uh-huh. And to this one, I kind of feel that way, but I also feel like there's 
a couple things to discuss. Okay. And I kind of laid out, I know my document when I when we started this yeah. started in one place and kind of drifted from there. So our, our, our typical writing thing for, for the for the things, we pull up a Google Doc. And yeah. uh, so he'll be at his computer, I'll be at my computer, and we'll both be typing at the same time. Yeah. And so I don't know if, you, if you've never used a Google Doc before, um, you it's it's simultaneous yeah. like you can see each other's edits in real time and so there's just two cursors both typing at the same mm-hmm. time and it's mm-hmm. moving the text it's all around frantic. And sometimes it gets a little frantic so. and and so we try and make sense of it and then we figure out what we're going to do but um and we start leaving notes for each other yeah <laughs> or like we don't like this section we'll move this to another show or yeah. what are you thinking here and then there's usual <laughs> conversations that follow that up um so i'm going to talk about some typical ends of of episode uh, of sessions mm-hmm. let's just talk about ending a session to start with something simple sure. like when you're going to have a a, a sit down with your group mm-hmm. what are good things to do just to close up your session mm-hmm. and i think that's a real basic thing that a lot of people like we've talked about it a few times we do our questions at the end of ours but if we reel back just from that into the actual story right right you know you have do you end back at the pub? I mean, that's literally the story circle that brings you right back to where you started, you mm-hmm. know, wherever, like they met with the Duke, they go and discover the thing. They find out it's been lost. They find that thing. It's actually being held by the Duke's son. Who's, a, you know, who's a turd ball. They have to take care of him. And now they're back with the Duke with him in tow to explain the whole situation. Mm-hmm. So perfect story circle. Yep. Great, great kind of feel you for get it. get a job in a pub. You yep. go do the job. Yep. You come back to commiserate about the job exactly. in the pub. Again, uh, the, the, the Shadowrun Johnson mentality oh, yeah. is the same thing. You you find the job. You find out how you're going to get paid for the job. You do the job. You return to the Johnson. You get your pay. You're done. Um, so that, that works really well. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes that has to happen over a series and you're left with like a cliffhanger mm-hmm. between, you know, because maybe your sessions are only four hours and this is probably going to take eight. Mm-hmm. Combat gets a little long, things like that. TV shows do this really well um, about doing those and, and introducing their problems and coming to some level of resolution on them. Yeah, I, I, I think this is probably the most the most uh, common ending for uh, something that has episodic play. You mm-hmm. know, like like a TV show yeah. where typically you're going to have at the beginning of your session a problem is going to be posed or a job is going to be taken. You know, something that that the the characters need to solve. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to spend the entire time uh, unraveling that and solving that, and then when you reach that conclusion of okay, we solved the thing, that's when your ending happens. Right. Um, it's not a cliffhanger. I mean, you, you can still have some lingering stuff. Yeah. Um, like uh, you know, I, I was I was always a big fan of uh, of the, the show Burn Notice. I think that was great, yeah. Uh, and uh, so they always had like kind of a meta plot going on where there was a, a bigger thing going on in the background that took an entire season to solve. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would get little trickles of that plot throughout it. But yep. each plot had its own major problem, its own mission, essentially. Correct. And you would get that mission at the beginning. You would solve that mission at the end. Mm-hmm. And even though there were still questions about the big plot... The big problem got you know the, the the problem right in front of them got solved. Yes, and and I I it's I will honestly say this even at our level of experience mm-hmm. with doing these as often as we have and running our stories and being in stories that is a hard thing to achieve in a sit down. It sometimes is, yeah. Sometimes it feels impossible, and it, I think the real kicker there is as a storyteller in your mind you have a vision of how things are going to go and how you want them to end and then the players show up (laughs) (laughs) isn't that just and the truth and we're not saying they do anything wrong but they're 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 literally a variable that you cannot count on Mm -hmm. in your story so all you can do is lay out how things should kind of flow and set your contingencies and then come to your closing Mm -hmm. so kind of coming back to that like when you're talking about an episodic closing, you always want, and this is something that I was listening to from another group, uh, and I thought it was brilliant, is you always want to make sure that you close your episodes. Now, granted, if you cliffhang, that's not great, you know, because maybe it was necessary there and, you know, they just finished a fight and mm-hmm. you really don't want to scram the end of it in all at one time. You're like, hey, let's do it, you know, next week. We'll close it to our, mm-hmm. our finish up. You want to end at the point where you can look at it and say... I have an idea of where those characters could be right now and what they could be doing. Yeah. That you could say you're comfortable 
with just leaving it there and walking away. And that's the joy of episodic. You may not have closed the super plot that's lingering in the background, but that day's conclusion has come to an end and you know where those characters are and their comfort levels and things like that. Right. You didn't resolve everything, but at least you got a note of finality. Exactly. In there. Exactly. Something got accomplished. You had a climax and a resolution in the story sense. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of parallels that I could draw with this, but because we're on certain <laughs> networks, I'm not going to do that. But I'm just going to say there's a certain sense of closure yeah, that comes with finishing something. And a, a good example that I thought I, I, I didn't consider that was very episodic um, in its feel and the way that it closed was Star Wars A New Hope. It was yeah, they a blew up, story. They blew up the Death Star, and right? Boom, but done. At the, but the and really, there wasn't much to it. But at the end, there was an award ceremony. Uh-huh. They got recognition for their completion. Yeah, that's really what you need to complete a story. So if you've got a whole bunch of episodes that has been moving along, grab something within there that was important to the mm-hmm. players. Not necessarily you and things like that. Make the notes about the players and then come back. Maybe it's the orphanage gets finished getting built and the kids give them macaroni necklaces and, you know, oh, or man. or someone shows up in a town remembering them and, you know, pulls out the ancient, you know, uh, pieces and, you know, gives them awards from those or, or they're left with a, a state. You're taking me back to my LARP days, man. Uh, there was uh, we we went we we attended the same LARP, um, and uh, uh, so when I was out there for a little while, um, I got a, a a a bug to run some run some plots with the permission of the the, the people there. Um, but what I wanted to do was run them for the for the new players on the field. Uh, because everything was really yep. like high level, high concept. Like you know, unless you had been attending that LARP for three years, you did not have the power to even interact. Yes, yeah, kind of felt like that. Um, so what I wanted to do was provide a little bit of a little bit of plot, a little bit of gameplay for the people who you know were like first to third level. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is a fantasy LARP. You know, so typical you know boffer weapons and and swords and shields and magic and stuff like that. Um, and uh, so I ran this plot where there was a little necromancer who was causing problem for this little village or something like that. And he right. raised some just real, like, crappy zombies and stuff like that out of the local graveyard and whatnot. And there was a little bit of intrigue with it. Um, you know, it wasn't just as simple as straightforward as go kill zombies, win award. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of it, though, um, the uh, the mayor of this small village that I invented uh, came to the town and presented... Everybody who took up those uh, uh, the, the the quest to save the village with little medals that I had made. Um, I had gone out to uh, Joanne Fabrics and I got these little these little like charms um, that were just like little like uh, like an eagle or something like that, you know. And I got a little strip of like decorative ribbon and I made little pins that I could pin on them as awards of their valor for stepping up and helping these these helpless villagers. And, you know, for, like, a first-level character, you know, who was new to all of this, that was a big damn deal. And, you know, it was this crappy little trinket that I made with 50 cents, 50 cents worth of junk. But, damn, if they weren't strutting around the exactly. entire rest of the weekend exactly. going, I got a medal pinned on my chest for killing zombies. Yeah, it's that little extra effort uh-huh. that makes such a huge difference. And getting that recognition, that simple level of recognition that was more than just, oh, you get 20 XP, 30 gold, and two potions. Right, right. You, you find some treasure, okay, and we're done, you know? Yeah. No, but it's... There's there's a note where they're like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, we're closing the book on this, but we want you to know that everything you did today was great, full of valor and heroics, and we are eternally grateful to you. Like uh, my game, um, yeah. where you had a, you had an entire village, a fishing village that named a holiday after you. They did they the did. day that you guys saved. It wasn't them. after me. Well, that the, it, it was it was they named it after the troll you killed. Correct. And they named it Crushfall. Crushfall. Exactly. Well, again, I kind of instigated that, but... <laughs> yeah, but, you know... It was worth it. <laughs> no, I, I had it written in my notes, though. So, you know, you, you, you played into it. It was great. Um, but, you know, that, that put a note of finality on that. You knew once that party, the victory party, was being thrown in your guy's honor at the very end... Yeah. That, 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 like, that plot had wrapped up. That was great. No, it was perfect. So, and that's what I'm trying to say. If you're dealing with a closure, simply give... 
some recognition. Find something that the players attach to within it. And again, it may not be the thing you think it is. So many times they'll attach to things in the weirdest way, whether it's the little girl who fell down the well and you thought was going to be killed by trolls down there, and it was her body that they were going to go out, you know, use as a thing. And instead, they actually save her, and now she's no longer a little orphan girl. She's going to college Mm -hmm. based upon the funds that they threw together. You know, maybe it's her. Maybe she comes back with a family. You know, and and maybe not every game has like an external group of NPCs that will celebrate your victories for you, right? But maybe just give your your players a little bit of time to rest on their laurels and celebrate their own victory. You know, even if that just happens in a camp in the woods, but you know, set that set that stage for them. Okay, you know, you guys, uh, you know, you're you come out of the dungeon. Um, or, okay, we want to take a long rest. All right, cool. You take a long rest for the night at the mouth of the thing. You get your campfire built. And the bard is strumming, you know, a, a, a tune of victory on their lute. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the barbarian breaks out the cask of good ale, and you all sit around and you commiserate and commemorate. Everybody, take a moment and tell a quick story of what happened inside as you remember yep. your adventure here. You know, have your little party instigate that scene for them if need be. You know, and that can be a great way to end the night because everybody's feeling great about it. Yeah. So transitioning that to something larger is where people start getting in trouble because now you've got a large plot. You've got all this information, all these little pieces that they, they've completed and put together. And you've got to get to the end of this and make it something that's memorable. You've got to bring together the aspects of something more like Return of the Jedi, you know, um, or uh, Lord of the Rings, where you've where you've got this massive plot that's been mm-hmm. rolling along, and these characters who've developed, and these bonds and and enemies that they've made along the ways. How do you bring that together? And I looked at it as, you know, you have to end these things on some kind of a high note. It doesn't necessarily have to be a a proper note. It doesn't have to be like a high note in the sense that everything is great. Mm-hmm. You, uh, death happens. Um, and you can definitely do that. Um, but it also, there are some things that you can do. And one that I thought was great and I had to go back to it and had to find it. Um, if you haven't watched him, the great GM, uh, which is Guy Scalanders, uh, he's a writer, um, has done a lot of great stuff, but he also has a YouTube channel. I highly recommend it. He, his videos are very short, um, uh, traditionally, and his information is quite amazing. Um, but he has the five C's to a great ending. And I think they do a good job of explaining the thing, the points that you need to pull together. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones, the, one of the first ones, and I'll just, I'm going to do these quickly. He does a great job. I highly recommend you watch the video, um, is you have to make it cool. Do something different. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you'll see people set up different scenery or they'll bring out something new. Um, or, you know, if you're doing minis, have a special mini, or have a special landscape. Um, but like literally change the setting. If if they've been tromping through the snow and deserts, have them fight in like a, a, a mountainous cavern that has lava pits. You know, totally alter it. Get their mind in a different place. Make it feel epic. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. make it cool. Make it different. Make it sound different. Make it feel different. Um the next one is chaos. Now, this is where things get, like, it should feel like grand insanity. Now, you've probably up to this point given them puzzles and things like that on an individual basis. What we're talking about is taking it to the next level. So if you've got your necromancer who they've been fighting the whole time and he's finally held himself up in the castle, there's nothing to say that he might not have made some abominations in there mm-hmm. that they're not prepared, necessarily prepared for. But the moment that those giants show up at the corners and, like, those are undead stone golem meat shield things. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Right. You know, right. now it's larger than life and it's insane. Now, instead of, uh, instead of it just being that you've got a, you know, front, front, the front door, maybe there's an army that's coming with the PCs as a diversion while they quietly sneak through the tunnels up under the thing. So you've got extremes Everything needs to be at that level so that each moment becomes a mini adventure. Mm -hmm. Each Mm -hmm. scene within that becomes a mini adventure that keeps bringing this intensity. Uh, You need to have contingency. 
That's the third C, and that is for both the player's and the villainy. Yes. And I'm not saying that you need to have contingency for anything they may do to end your prom, but if you always need to know if then then what for the process. Mm-hmm. Always. You know, if the you know, rebels make it down to the Endor Moon but get caught because they can't their their roles sucked. Okay, so now they're caught, so the shield generator won't go down, which means the PCs who are flying around in space can't take out the Death Star. Spoilers, by the way. Yeah, they're, 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 bad things are going to happen, right? So instead, you have to have these contingencies to say, okay, well, they could break out and do something. So give them the options to succeed. I failed my third death save. What does that mean? Well, now, Jedi, you will die. <laughs> die. So, but you you need to give keep giving them the options of success and 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 putting it out there but it doesn't mean it has to be in the end successful mm-hmm. it just has to be contingent catastrophic is the is the fourth c and that's the one that i think doesn't always get sold right and that is where you that the players feel the impendingness and the importantness of it it needs to be if we let this guy finish what he started in that castle everyone on this continent will be undead by the morning. Save the world plot, yeah. You know, or, you know, if we don't get to the the, the queen uh, before Richelieu takes her, she will be in another country by tomorrow morning, and we will be without a leader mm-hmm. and without a ruler, which means they could just walk in and, and conquer us. Yep. yep. You know, and every man, woman, and child who's defended this will be dead, you know, or... We need to do this, and all of our men are with you to the end of the days. You know, those kind of things. Those are the moments that you want to bring to the end. Mm-hmm. You know? And finally, the climax. It needs to be climactic. It, should, it shouldn't just be... And this is... He said it perfectly. I won't say it though he said it. But I will say this. You need to make sure that your contingencies are set up, that the players don't just walk into the final boss... And because of their epic weapons and the prep that they've done, that it's literally three rounds and over. Because they're going to feel yep. that like it was a feather hitting them. They're going to go, was that it? Are we, are we done now? Mm-hmm. Was was that it? No, no, no. You, you need to have a contingency that says that if in three rounds the thing is over, great. Contingency two kicks in. Mm-hmm. What is contingency two? His ring cracks against the floor. And suddenly a mist fills the room. And now it's full of undead. Right, like, right. And it pours, like, out of his ring, like, gas for, for, like, a cloud that just keeps going. His contingency was if he died, this happens. Mm-hmm. Regardless, kind of a thing. Oh, crap, now now we have to fight through all these guys while this place falls apart, you know? So, always be prepared to make the climax climactic. It needs to be there. They need to feel that thunder. Um so when you're thinking about wrapping things, remember to grab the pieces that has happened and wrap it all together in those C's. Yeah, I'll tell you about that that uh, that last one. Uh, you know, making the events. Uh, you know, having your contingencies and stuff like that, and building your your big climactic encounter. That's that's advice I need to internalize a lot because, admittedly, that's probably one of my biggest weak points, or at least it's a point I'm self conscious the most about. Um. I I've I've in in my game I know I've had a couple couple situations where it has been three rounds and done or one spell has trivialized the encounter for you guys. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. uh definitely got to take some notes here on my own. So, yeah. see, we're doing a podcast, so I got things to learn too, though. We, we all I think every time we've done these podcasts there's something new we've learned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's really not a time when we just sat down like, <laughs> I know what I'm doing." Here. I feel like we've been pretty honest about that though about how uh, this is a learning experience for us as well. Um, do you want to talk about cliffhangers? Well, you kick us off. All right. So uh, I, I kind of want to start by by, by uh, talking about what, what a cliffhanger is. Okay, so cliffhangers are... Um, most everybody knows what a cliffhanger is, but you it, it, it's when you end before the climax of a story. Um, or I should say, you know, but, uh, at the climax of a story before before the resolution. Um, so, for instance, the big bi- the big bad evil guy that you've been gearing up to go fight yep. walks into the room, um, declares that you know he's going to kill all the heroes, and and that's where we're going to wrap it up for the night. Yeah, 
we'll start with combat when we come back or you know the the the, the big reveal happens and you know the the uh uh, the 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 masked villain you know reveals who mm-hmm. is under the mask and I'll tell you when we come back next week yeah like my last D and D episode mm-hmm. uh, for the game that I run uh, literally I ended with a phrase that surprised everyone in different ways mm-hmm. like some people were like oh I I felt this one coming on and other people were like what no 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 that's not right that's not right that's not what it should be. <laughs> So and and I have I have pretty much no intention to return to that scene, mm-hmm. but to return to sometime after it. Yeah. Uh, but it's the fact that I left with a feeling. They finished. They wrapped. Mm-hmm. Came to a close, and I said, "Okay, what can I leave them that is a change? That is a change of scenery." And so I literally just inserted a moment and basically threw at my group like a, "Hey, here's a blast from the past. Do you remember this moment? <laughs> you know and." left it there and mm-hmm. it was a cliffhanger of sorts because it opens the door to the next episode yeah i mean i, I think there's a there's a distinction between unresolved plot mm-hmm. and cliffhanger mm-hmm. you know and i don't i don't necessarily know that, you, that what you did was a cliffhanger you I've... gave us you gave us some plot that could not be immediately resolved mm-hmm. but at least we got the plot you follow yes i see the way i look at it is uh, i consider I consider it a plot hook mm-hmm. that doesn't get used yeah. until the next piece. Sure, we, so in j- that we case... jot it down in our notes, and mm-hmm. then we follow up on it when we, you know, when when we come back. Um, but you know what? What I'm talking about is more like you know the, because that wasn't a climax of the story necessarily. No. It was a it was a stinger, I think, is what they usually call it. You know, where they where they just drop a plot point on you, and you're like, oh wow, I didn't see that coming. Um, a plot twist, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a cliffhanger is a cliffhanger is really more like you know if if we had if we had followed up on that plot, tracked down you know say maybe the person who did the awful per- awful thing to the person that I found, mm-hmm. and uh, this person turned around and said you know all right fine if it's going to come to this then, and then we end the game there right, you know now we have to wait however long till your next game session to find out how that resolves. And we're all hanging on that cliff, Mm -hmm. not knowing if I fall or if I climb back up or what, hence the name cliffhanger. Right. Uh, Cliffhangers have always been a bit of a, a, I don't say controversial. Controversial makes it sound a lot more than, than, than what it actually is. But, um, one of our, one of our players, Mm um, actually brought a perspective because I didn't think, cliffhangers were a real big issue i Mm -hmm. I liked to use them all the time because they're they're a good dramatic technique you know they they build tension they build excitement for your next game session and whatnot they do we have a player in our mutual groups that does not like cliffhangers does not like to be continued does not like cliffhangers the hell out of them yes because i think and and, and i'm gonna say this i think from my perspective it would be because sometimes they don't get resolved yeah yeah and that just sucks. It does suck. Yeah. I mean, to anyone who has ever read a book series that doesn't end and you've waited for that last book, that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody anybody who's a fan of the show Dead Like Me. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's how that oh, feels. Oh, that hurt. That, oh, I know. That hurt in a spot. I know, right? Ooh. Ooh. Poor George. Ah, oh, poor George. <sighs> But anyway, um, so what I would say is, um, you know, if you are going to pull the cliffhanger, just be darn sure you're going to resolve that cliffhanger. You, you, you should have already planned for the next session. Yes. <laughs> already have the RSVPs out yep, for the yep. next like, session. Like, we're going to be ga- And so we're gaming next week on Saturday. <laughs> right. Like, that should be your next words out of your mouth while exactly. they're all standing agape at you like, oh boy. Uh, and then we've also got... Um, you know, kind of closing when yeah, closing your story up when uh, things kind of die. Yeah. I, I, How? I mean, it's not really an ending to a story necessarily. No, it's not really a um, your proper like wrapping your story up. But sometimes you've got campaigns where you know real life steps in 
um, you know, somebody gets a new job and their hours now conflict or somebody uh, gets married, has a baby, something like that. And Sickness, just, illness, any number of things. Any number of things um, where your group may just not be there. Yeah. You know? And, and it's, it stinks. As a storyteller, you get that same feeling as you you don't have control. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also, uh, I mean, I've had uh, groups end just because of lack of interest. Yeah. People people leave town. People come to town. It happens. Mm-hmm. And, but or, so, sometimes what, you're, what the story you're telling just isn't interesting. No. And, I you mean, there, it's moods. I mean, I can remember times when I would start into a story because I was in a specific mood and I had a drive behind it. And then as it lingered on and things got longer, mm-hmm. I lost the mood. I lost the drive. Yeah. And I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this right now? And it stinks. Like, I mean, it's, it should never feel like a job, but all too often it does. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of when things really start dying as a storyteller. But I think when the fun dries, dries up as a player or your vision moves to something new. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can really get boring as a player. Yeah, sometimes it is the new hot and now too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, and and that's honestly that's what really kills me about doing this podcast is that we do do you know deep dives into other game systems and whatnot, and uh, uh, it sparked interest in a handful of other systems. To tell a handful of other stories, mm-hmm. and I still have my D and D game on the back burner right now. Yep, and I, I I've got the same thing going on in my. Still haven't put the energy into writing my no. next session, and, and and I know, and I'm trying to encourage you, and uh, as a player mm-hmm. and as a fellow storyteller, I'm encouraging you to keep going. I'm encouraging another writer to get his story going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and keep up the energy of writing, but it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. So what do you what do you do then when uh, when things either fizzle out or when uh, it becomes apparent that uh, the gaming group is no longer going to physically be able to continue as they were? I would say let, let's start with the basics mm-hmm. as we always do as a GM. If you are not enjoying the game and you and you think it needs to end, communicate with your group. Yeah, you may be amazed how much they will turn around and say, "We are having a great time. I really want to do this." And then you could look at them and say, "Okay, if that's the case." What do we need to wrap up? Mm-hmm. Like, what would be a good wrap up? And at that point, you can negotiate with them. Like, let's do three more sessions. Mm-hmm. I'll write this and this and this, and we'll do those scenes, and we'll call it there. That's a good way as a storyteller to kind of get through that. On the other hand, they might be like, why? What do you want to do? Well, I've been looking at this other system, and I kind of got an idea for this thing. Okay, well, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And literally move from one to the next. There's nothing wrong with heart beating in that direction. If you're a player who are disinterested in your character, talk to your storyteller. Yeah. There yeah. is nothing wrong with one character leaving and another character coming in. But you and I had a conversation like yep. that recently. We did. Um, we did. We were at a transition point in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was not... Uh, I had not been playing the character for very long in the story, so I didn't have a lot of plot invested. And the plot that I did have invested was to go to a specific location. And then you changed the entire setting on us, so that location was kind of not there anymore and kind of well i mean it was a time shift is what it was it was a time shift 280 years worth of time shift a bit of the time flip the the people who we were going to go see were no longer there um and the place we were journeying from was no longer there uh and so we, we had to actually sit down and kind of talk about that of like you know actually i'm not really even sure that my character would be invested in all of this question hmm did you really like that idea of switching characters, I did. Okay, I did. I, I, I look. I, I know. I know that the conversation had a real. I'm going to take one for the team feel to it, uh, because there were some out of character reasons why we were discussing doing that. Mainly because yeah. we didn't feel like we had a healer. Our one cleric was essentially a battle cleric and uh, did not want to be relegated to the healer role. So I said, that's fine. You know, my my character for in-game reasons doesn't have a real reason to continue on in this. It, like her entire purpose for being with the group is gone. Correct. So why would she? She's exactly. got a perfectly good out to just remain with this nomadic tribe. Mm-hmm. And I could bring in another character yep. that fits the out-of-character role we need them to fit. I've got a, I've got a backstory already written for them. Yep. And I would be excited about playing this character. And, and I think as a storyteller, 
you giving that liberty to your players that at any time, if they feel like it's gone too far, that they can change characters. I see that as being a huge benefit. It takes a load off the character, mm-hmm. off the players, and lets them go. Okay, yeah, okay, I could try something different. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. Doesn't have to be weird. There's all kinds of reasons why people come and go in stories. Sure. And there's no reason why you can't work up the bonds in between. Again, uh, we tend to do serialized storytelling a lot more, uh, where it's day to day. Uh, sometimes minute to minute and you don't we don't have to do that we can definitely create larger gaps than that and say okay guys you know um you know uh next week we're gonna pick up back at the dukes and they're oh, wait the wait, wait we're gonna travel to, from from the castle to the dukes yeah yeah can i do things in between then sure we'll talk about that at sure, the beginning write, of next write session. me an email Hit me you know, Discord, whatever. so mm-hmm. that way you can handle those kind of moments because a player may come in between and be like Hey, can I switch characters? Sure. Maybe the Duke's going to present a new person. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's been a few weeks that you've been traveling with this other group because it was easier to go by caravan with them and kind of hit it off with this other guy. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the other player, the other character is sick and is going to stay with the Duke. Yeah. You know, until they get better and they don't don't get better. You know, there's all kinds of reasons. Yeah. We, uh, we we had a player change uh, very early on in my campaign. We did. Uh, we just kind of explained it as uh, they, they took a bunch of damage in the last uh, the last battle that they were present for. So we said, you know, hey, uh, that person is just uh, recovering from their wounds. They decided maybe this whole adventuring thing wasn't for them. They stayed home next time. And the story continued. It was nice and easy. Um, you ever TPK'd a group? Once. <laughs> They kind of did it to themselves. So, for those of you who are not up on the lingo, TPK stands for Total Party Kill, a.k.a. you wipe the group. Everybody's dead. Nobody's left to res. Nobody's left to save them. What happened? In my case, um... (laughs) So, in my case, I had a a group of adventurers. It was early. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they were... I don't think they got past third level and uh, they had been fighting goblins and other minor things. And they went in without prompting. They were like, we're going to go find this, this goblin group and, mm-hmm. and late take them out. And I'm like, okay. And so they did a bunch of investigation, talked to everybody in town and it was pretty clear where they were coming from these caves. I had planned that, they were going to go into these caves and fight some goblins and get pushed back because there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it just wasn't going to work out for them. Um, one of the players thought he was Leroy Jenkins. And basically when they got near the front and saw a bunch of goblins, he rushed mm-hmm. and got away from too far away from the group and got surrounded and then made some really bad rolls. Yeah. So now you've got a dead one dead party member. Mm-hmm. Now, early on, one dead party member pretty much means re-roll. They were not having that. So they were like, we got to run in and save them. Correct. So they, oh, they did that initially, lost a second person. Mm-hmm. So now there's two dead out of the five. The other three bail back. And uh, I basically just drag the bodies in, you know, because yeah. yeah, yeah. that's what they're going to do. And I really didn't even drag them in that far. I, I, I had the goblins drag them in because they didn't want to have the wolves come and get them mm-hmm. and, and cause a problem. The party decided that night they were going to go in and get the bodies of their comrades and get out of there. So they went in and literally, like, did the dumbest thing ever. They get in. They're like, okay, you know, we can see your guys. There's just a couple goblins who are in the area nearby, um, you know. And they're like, okay, we're going to stealth over to them. And they stealth over. And then one of the three players decided that he was going to to, uh, make a ruckus and you know draw attention and there was no good reason for it and i'm like okay okay, so you make a ruckus over this area and now the goblins are looking they're searching so you guys are gonna have to make stealth checks and they all failed their stealth checks and combat started and they just wiped right there in the mouth of the cave to like not much like like literally a handful of goblins they got wiped out Mm -hmm. and they were all okay with it which was good 
because they all felt like they fought valiantly. But at the same time, as soon as that, like we ended, I'm like, okay, guys, we'll talk about, you know, new characters and stuff. And they're all like, what? Like you guys all died. They're like, yeah. Okay. So you tell me how you got out of this dead. And they're like, well, it's clear. Like his God would have done something. No, he's like a third level cleric yeah. like his god doesn't know him from grass he has you first know? level spells buddy yeah you know and and they and were just one second level spell so two of them were upset that they died and there was no like super god way to heal them mm-hmm. you know and then the other the other three were just prepared to like make new characters and that's what broke up the group oh really yeah wow they got angry at each other oh because two wanted two believed that they were heroes and i was screwing them oh, after geez. they ran in and did all their shenanigans ah oh, geez so that just it soured the whole thing so i tpk to group once oh you did yeah it was actually the climactic battle mm-hmm. of the only campaign i've ever finished that's fantastic it was great um the party was uh trying to take a an artifact into uh the abyss there was this m- gigantic demon that was basically a black hole. Mm-hmm. Imagine a sarlacc pit with no bottom to it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, the way that they were going to destroy this artifact, because they couldn't find any other way to do it, was to throw it into the mouth of this particular demon. That's what we um, do. There was an old adventurer who was trying to do that already, who essentially put them on that path. They right. said, I can't complete this journey, but you guys are young and spry. Can you do it? Mm-hmm. Um, so they did. They mm-hmm. went in there. Um, I had this, like ruined temple in the bottom of the abyss that was essentially the the guardian of this gigantic all-consuming demon the world eater you know sure. sort of thing and uh there was a uh if you're familiar with the marilith demon which was just a few challenge ratings too high for them oh, uh, it's Lord. that like snake-bodied six-armed sword-wielding sort of oh demon. yeah 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 um so one of those things uh basically comes out and says nobody sets foot in the temple of the master Mm-hmm. You know, unless they are purified first. And they had this big boss battle with this thing. And uh, the entire party had little, like, tattoos on them that gave them a sense of the direction and uh, general well-being of everybody else in the party. Uh, and one person grabbed the, the artifact and essentially did some parkour and made it past the demon and into the final chamber. The demon decided to stay back and cut up all of her buddies. Oh. Uh, and we had some really heroic deaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, as one by one, this person in the chamber of this world-eating demon um, felt the life forces of her party wink out through her tattoo. Until she knew that basically she was alone. Uh, so they wiped in that in that main hall. But then she decided she was going to essentially just clutch the artifact to her chest and jump in. Oh wow! Because she knew she wasn't making it out, right? And she wanted to make sure that it that it made it in, right? You know, right, right. So, yep, sacrificed herself heroically as the last uh, as the last person of the party. Nice. Uh, everybody's dead. There's no re-rolling, but mission accomplished, and got rounds of uh, honestly like cheers and high fives all around. It was honestly the best case scenario for. Um, for for total wiping a party for a TPK, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was beautiful. I yeah, think it's a great way to handle it. So you know, I think there's 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 good ways to handle that sort of thing. I think there's bad ways to handle that sort of thing. Um, you know, obviously as as players, like it happens. You know, maybe relax a little bit. Like your DM does not owe you the you know ability to just magically restart the game. That's kind of disappointing about how your uh, how your story ended. I apologize for that. Oh no no no! It's and, and the, for me, it was a great learning experience mm-hmm. on a couple levels. But it taught me that I should be cheering on my players a bit more, mm-hmm. and uh, that things happen. Yeah, players do silly things, and some groups aren't the groups that you want to run games for. Yeah, that's true. because they're that's not true. meant for you. I mean, it's all relationships are different when it comes to. Uh, storytelling, mm-hmm. and you will find someone running the game style that you like. It'll just take time. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah, yeah, sure. with the digital age. So, you, all right. Do you ever run epilogues? I've done it a few times. Mm-hmm. I, I did it with, I think, all the 7C games I've done. Because I know we talked a lot about closure. Mm-hmm. You know, closure in stories and providing mm-hmm. those, you know, wrapping up your plot points and stuff like that, and, mm-hmm. and providing a note of finality, maybe even for providing that note of, of victory. 
Yes. At the end and such like that. I think an epilogue is a great way to do that. I think it's an amazing way to do it. I think the the trouble that you run into with epilogues is when you when you act for the players in their characters. That's true. When you're explaining what happens to them and what they do. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to say, like, you know, uh, this noble and, you know, uh, lived out his days in luxury of his lands and the fighter, you know, went on to, 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 you know, uh, to be, to recognition. But it's another thing to say he built himself a tavern where he could tell his tales. Now, maybe after four years of playing with that player and that character, you know that's pretty much where he's going to end up. Uh-huh. You know? But at the same time, you're kind of doing an injustice to that player and letting him finish out and have the story at the end. I I think you can you can kind of do it both ways, though. Like, I think you can have an interactive epilogue. You know, you don't need any dice rolls. You don't need any, like, firm role play or anything like that. But I think you can... Uh, definitely wrap it up where where you're like okay so um rob uh you know theodane um has mm-hmm. gone through all these different things you mm-hmm. finally defeated the big bad evil guy mm-hmm. um where do you see theodane ending up after this and then you had give you the opportunity to say well i think honestly he'd go back to high rock yeah you know as an old war hero he'd probably go back to see his old friends etc cetera, etc cetera. he'd take this artifact back to this person okay great and you've told your story. There's, there's no, there's no me, you know, bouncing yeah. things off of you. There's no roles. There's no difficulty. It's just, you know what? Tell me how your story ends. Where, where does your character go? What do they do? You know, um, I think that that's good. That gives you a little bit of agency too. You know, um, and then rolling that into a future campaign. Yeah, I mean, and that comes up with some of the ending. Like before you get to the very end, if you know you were getting there, uh huh. Have NPCs ask personal questions. Like, get to that point where you're where where you've got the fighter in the bar, and maybe he's waiting for something. Sharing and you're just, an owl with and, him and, and going, so, so where do you, you know what? When all this is wrapped up, up, when all this this horribleness yeah. is behind us, what's your plans? Yeah, now you can do that. Uh-huh. Now, now you've given agency to that. Yeah. You know, and that's where you can you can push some of those questions with your players and make it very personal that that question wasn't just some weird question from some weird NPC. Mm-hmm. It was you gathering Intel that you can then use later. Cause that's when they're going to give you the, Oh, you care. Look, yeah. You know, and you know what? Honestly too, like scenes like that, I think are great because not only do you, do you get that out of them mm-hmm. where you can, where you can learn kind of a little bit of the inside of your characters and what direction they feel like they're going, mm-hmm. but you also give them another NPC that they've commiserated with. Yes. And now they, because that, that NPC is going to give their answer too. Mm-hmm. You know what I've always wanted to do? Yep. I've always wanted to start a, co- a corn farm. A corn farm? Oh, yeah. My father actually used to grow it, and like I grew up, and blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. Give them all these wistful, nostalgic reasons why they want a corn farm, right? Yeah. And then, you know, in the final battle, when that NPC dies or something like that, then they're like, no! And they went, no, he was gonna start a corn farm. I go into a rage and unleash three reckless attacks on him. You know? Have a point of inspiration. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and that's where you can pull those kinds of things. I've always wanted to live in Montana. Right. No, <laughs> that that's ex- scene. That's is exactly the that scene style to scene. I yeah. think I will need two wives. Yeah. You know. Yes. I'm sure you can have as many as you want. Ex- like <laughs> I'm thinking, America, you could make that happen. Yeah. Yes. But that's the thing is, is that those kind of scenes help and and bond things. But there's also those moments where like they're on an endless journey, and maybe they're not with somebody that they gave two uh-huh. shits about. You know, this is the one captain who would take him across the sea, and instead he's just like. I the sea, I love it dearly, but the fields of gold and wheat is what really... And then he's like, what? Why, were, yeah. why are you on And then he comes that... over, puts his arm around, you know, the guy is just like, could you imagine it? Just a sea of gold, you know? Uh-huh. And, like, now you've started a scene that yeah. opens that door and starts putting those questions, and it starts a level of camaraderie with that character, or that NPC, and can give you can add a lot of flavor but mm-hmm. it gives you intel and i think intel is one of the best things you can get absolutely so you want to ask some questions well before we do that i'm going to say one other thing when we end scenes or when when we oh end yeah 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 episodes good point. good point i always do questions yes and i think it's important i think the more specific your questions are the better the answer you're going to get mm-hmm. so if you ask did you enjoy yourself mm-hmm. you're going to get yeah it was fun but if you say 
What scene did you really enjoy the most? Like, what was, was your it combat? Was it thing that yeah. happened? Tonight? Like, give me one thing, just uh-huh. one. You know, because players will say their one thing and then go on to three others. Yes, and always. Then, and then someone else is going to jump on one of those three others, and then. You know, but you're going to find what they were interested in, mm-hmm. and that's important. Um, finding out what you did wrong. Yeah. Asking what was bad. What could I have done better tonight? What exactly. would have made this a better game for you? Those kinds of questions are important mm-hmm. as a storyteller. And it's important that you take that feedback and that you internalize it and you you understand that it is you chew it. Construct- yeah, that you chew it, that it is constructive in nature. You want that feedback. So if a person tells you, uh, this game ended on a cliffhanger and I really don't like cliffhangers. They make me literally anxious for the next game and I don't like feeling anxious between games. You can say, okay. Now I know how I need to run my next plot to not make this person's life a living hell for the next week. Mm-hmm. You know? And and you can do that better. If they say that, you know, I felt like this pacing was a little bit rushed, you can look at how you wrote your notes, how you wrote a scene, how you narrated that scene, and what maybe you could do to add some more detail, flush that scene out a little bit next time so that it isn't rushed. You know? These are players giving you the cheat codes on how to make your game better. And you should really listen to them. Always. Always listen. Communication is key. We're going to keep saying that. That's literally going to be our tagline. Absolutely. Storyteller Conclave, communication is key. <laughs> All right. Now we'll do questions. Now we, we do questions. We, we, got about, we got a little less than 10 minutes. If yeah, we, we want to pause, we can go longer. We Who got cares? 10 minutes, yeah. All right. So Knox asks... Uh, what about the story's end for specific players who just drop out for whatever reason but continue for the rest of players? I like that one. Mm-hmm. Do you just move on without addressing it? Do you leave the door open for them to return? What have you found the best practice? I've always done it the way TV shows do, do it. If it's in the middle of an action, they've disappeared for a specific reason, and they're just disappeared. Give them the agency to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, there's you know, it's it's the character going over the edge of the cliff, and then they're like, Dude, you went over the edge of the cliff. Airbags. It was on fire. Sprinkler system. <laughs> like, you, there's plans. There, there, there are contingencies. You can always come up with something. So leave the door open. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as much as I say there are players who shouldn't be in games because they're not in your... They shouldn't be in your game because you butt heads. Mm-hmm. You never know when that player's going to say... Can I come back? I was really, I I see what I was doing wrong, or I'd like to talk to you more about it. Give them the opportunity to have some growth for both of you, Mm -hmm. you know, but I would say leave the door open. Yeah, I definitely think leave the door open. Um, uh, I I like using just, you know, very mundane, nonviolent means of just explaining that character's absence. Um, You know, hey guys, the wounds I took in last battle were just a little bit too tough for me. I'm going to take some time off to just fully recover. Yeah. And maybe I won't be with the group next time, you know, mm-hmm. maybe I'll find something a little less stressful. There you go. Uh, maybe I've decided to just indulge myself in one of my other passions. You know, that corn farm I was talking about? Well, I got a bit of a windfall and I'm going to go start it. See how it goes. Or or go. something like that. You know, I'm yeah. just going to go research a problem. Turn them into an, into, into an NPC, you know? Hey guys, I know you're all we're all deep into this plot researching this arcane artifact and this, you know, uh, tied to a forgotten god and stuff like that. Sure. I'm going to go spend some time in the library and then use them as a plot hook next time. They return to you and say, "Hey, I found this research. Here's plot point A, B, and C." Boom. And good luck finding that. You know? Indeed. You can you can always do that. Uh, but yeah, leave the leave the leave the door for them to to come back, yeah. I think. So grab another one. Uh, so the second question uh, that Knox asks, actually, uh, it seems that sometimes loose ends from a main story can make good one-shots for groups wanting to revisit the old campaign. What are some ways to refresh quests that might have become stale if a time skip or epilogue was involved? That's an excellent question. Um, okay, so I haven't had this, but I... I was witness to one of these, mm-hmm. um, and that was where someone had a a whole quest line that basically just dropped off at the, at the relative beginning of their campaign. Okay, uh, and the players at the end were like, "We want to go back and deal with that," mm-hmm. you know. And this was years later. This is after they did other games. They're like, "Whatever happened to this?" And then they got interested in it, and they all started talking about it. And finally, the stories are like, "Wait a second, you guys are interested in that?" But yeah, can we? Can you run that? Just that part. Like, when? And that became the question, because the players are like, 
Is it something we did and just don't remember? Or is it something that happened after the campaign ended and we went back? Oh, I see. Okay. So they did it with at the end. So they took okay. their, their advanced players and came back to it. And mm-hmm. the, the world was different. The place was different. It had taken them time. And he played it off as they all met at a tavern near it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After all their other adventures, they came there. So they all had stories of things that they had done. Sure. And then they were now going to go take care of this last thing. Oh, that's great. That's like great. a return. And he gave them all, like, they were older, so they all had uh, deficiencies in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were years on, right? They were in their, their, their elder time, but one of them had written letters to all of them. And when they all got to the pub, they are all like, all right, well, you know, I'm so glad you wrote me that letter. I didn't write you that letter. You wrote me. Who who wrote these? Dun, dun, dun. And the plot pull was it was one of the kids mm-hmm. that had started the plot was now an adult working at the bar and they found them and wrote all the letters but it took forever. Gotcha. So and I thought that was really cool. Uh, the game that I described the TPK from uh, was actually the game that was a uh, was very much like this. It was actually a sequel to a previous campaign that a uh, uh, a friend of mine at the time had run. Um, and so, uh, a lot, like, his plot was the big end of the world plot. My plot took place after. It was exactly that. It was picking up where the left, where the big end of the world plot left off when we saved the world. There you go. Um, and so a lot of it was, um, a lot of my techniques had to do with environmental storytelling, um, because many of these players were present for that first plot. Um, but there was a lot of effects of the big save the world plot that were kind of left over. And so there was a lot of like little, um, uh, environmental things that I could tell of, you know, this, this location, when you walk in, it looks battle torn. There's this going on, that going on. And the players who were there for the first game were sitting there going like, Oh, I know why this is all ripped up. And, you know, uh, but again, there's also all that plot kind of left behind. So you can, um, give that in some narration. Yep. Uh, because these are all, this is all history that these players have lived through, even if they didn't participate in it. I mean, you know, this gigantic war happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you were just a farmer at the time before you were chosen by the gods to come do this. Mm-hmm. But here you are, you know, tell it from their perspective to say, okay, well, you remember that time when the goblin armies marched on, you know, this nation? Well, that's here you are. And now you've suddenly got all this uh, all this extra extra history you, you can add in there. So I don't think it's too diff- too terribly difficult to do. No, no. Um, and like what I and sometimes I do jumps sometimes in the sense that when something ends, I might use parts of it for something else. Like mm-hmm. in my Seven C games, I literally had you guys uh, coming into a harbor that was a scene from a previous game. Right, right, right. So you guys witnessed events that you were like, I know what's going on over there. Uh huh. <laughs> so sometimes that's fun when you can run parallel to a previous game. Yeah. And yeah. you can have moments like that where you're like, wait a second, there's a group of adventurers that are blowing up a tower and oh, I know those guys. Guys, <laughs> guys, guys. <laughs> but they, of course they don't. They don't. Yeah. So, um, okay. Technology asks endings. What about when your story takes place entirely after something significant? I'm thinking post-cataclysm or something equivalent. Do you think there are elements in that style of play that differ from the tension of looking forward at the inevitable end? I I think the best thing I can say here is a quote from the band Semisonic. Closing time. Every new beginning is some other beginning's end. Correct. Uh, So the post-cataclysm is just the beginning of the post-cataclysm world. And there's always something else that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, So you're not really looking forward to the inevitable end if you're playing post-cataclysm. You're just looking forward to the inevitable end of whatever the post-cataclysm world looks like. And you can go from there, you know. There's always a bigger fish. There's always some villain who's trying to end the world or blow up some undetonated nukes or something like that. You know, uh, the Fallout series of games actually did a, did a pretty good job of that. I mean, they begin with the apocalypse, and uh, we're all dealing with the world uh, with the world afterwards. You know, that didn't end the story; that began the story. 
That, that Correct. Just, that just made the setting. Yeah, and I think that's the key is that when you're talking about using an end, you're talking about a world setting, not a plot, not uh, an episode, not anything like that. Mm-hmm. And you're getting a setting and a feel. And I, I think that's really what you're pointing out there is that there is attention to an inevitable end, but that inevitable end is the overarching plot, perhaps for the players, but maybe not. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to say that you couldn't run a game that talks about a cataclysmic end and your players are literally the guards working at the castle, not even the top echelon guards. Like right, they're right. the low people on the totem pole. And so literally they're just trying to survive the attack that's happening on the castle. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like they're not doing anything special and nor did you give them any special orders. Like this is it. It's just survival. Mm-hmm. And the game is all about survival and and getting through things and discovering things and moving on from there. At that point, like, yeah, the inevitability is that castle is going to get taken. It is clear that the armies that are on the outside are way stronger than the armies on the inside. And now you're trying to figure your way out of that situation, but you're not going to do anything to stop it. Third shift night crew ain't changing that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's, I think, the 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 one thing that you can do to try and alter that whole perception is shake it up. Do something different like that. Start, uh-huh. start with a weird failure, but don't make it your plot. Make it the setting that yeah. wraps around it. Yep. I think it's great. Uh, so the Mad Elf uh, asks, uh, how do you use the ending of a game as the launch point for a new one? We, could, we kind of touched on that one a little bit. I've done it a few times. Um, I, I mean, the thing is, is that most, look, the previous game just becomes the world building for the new one, is all it comes down to, is that everything that happened is now canon story. Mm-hmm. And you have the advantage of not having to convey that to the players if you've got the same players in your group. You know, they know what happened. Now, you may have to do some things like explaining it to them from their new character's perspective. Your new characters obviously weren't there, so they may only know rumor, conjecture, ancient legend. You know, uh, if you're playing a modern game, maybe just what they can look up on Wikipedia about what happened previously. Um, but it really just kind of becomes world building for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think the, the, the best thing you can do is if you, if you are writing a sequel plot is take some time to think about how the ending of your first game happened, what plot threads might have gone unresolved, what consequences might have happened, repercussions mm-hmm. for the resolution of the first plot and what new opportunities and plot threads might that open for the future. Yeah. You know, just because you defeated the big bad evil guy, does that mean that maybe the ancient powerful artifact he was using to become the big bad evil guy is maybe still out there? Could someone else have found it? Mm-hmm. Were there socioeconomic repercussions for this big bad evil guy doing the big bad evil thing? Vacuums are terrible. Did he conquer a nation? Did he kill an important figure? Yeah, that nature abhors a vacuum, and so does politics. It's it's sad, but it's true. Like, um, one of the things, uh, the one of the ways I've ended uh, ended part of one of my campaigns, mm-hmm. uh, at least at one point, was that the king had to leave, and that made one of the players technically the king, and they had to figure out how they were going to handle that situation moving forward. Uh-huh. It was a closed loop at that point of like, okay, well, here's where we're at. Shit. You know, and it it altered the course of things going forward for that story um, because it created a vacuum that had to be filled. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So now you anytime you you have something like that, think about the things that the characters care about. So maybe there's a town, maybe it's a an area, maybe it's a, a old temple, maybe it's, you know, a, a halfway house. Maybe it could be anything. What would happen to that in the absence of all of the stuff that was going on? Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect interlude into what's next. Yep, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be the same characters. It could be people who follow them up. Mm-hmm. You know, so. 
All right. Well, I think it's a good, good place to wrap up for the night. Uh, next week topic is going to be the one player game. We're going to talk about uh, either uh, running it for uh, for just one player at a time, or you know, having your plot surrounding one player with the rest of the party is uh, more your uh, your supporting role, uh, where the plot revolves around just that the single character. Uh, you can find us up on Twitter at st underscore conclave. You can find us on Instagram also st underscore conclave. You can listen listen to us live every Wednesday night at seven p.m. Eastern on mixlr.com slash storyteller dash conclave. And uh, go ahead and join the Discord. Uh, we would love to have some uh, some new uh, new discussion up there, some new questions. Um, and you can even join us in the live chat if you're uh, for one of our Patreons. Um, mm-hmm. You can find that up at uh, storyteller dash conclave dot blueberry dot. We'd like to thank our Patreon members, especially Knox the Box, Sam, and the Arcane Asylum. Thank you ever so much for supporting us at the levels you do. But we love all of our patrons and everyone who keep, who takes care of us. It keeps this thing going. Uh, we will be uh, forever in your debt because it makes us so much easier every time we do it. Our intro music is Beyond the Warrior by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrogmusic.webly.com. Our outro music, which you're hearing right now, is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find that at soundcloud.com slash machine slash tracks. I want to give a big shout out to our families as always. Vicky and Sean, thank you for supporting us through all this. All of our friends who've sat with us at our tables over the years, and you, every single one of our listeners, we love you. Stay love you safe. Stay safe. Good night. Good night.